Hello, mighty people of the most high and magnificent God. This is Heather Miller, and I've come to bring you a word today straight out of the Word of God and uh, share with you some of the things that the Lord is putting on my heart. But before I get started, I'd like to pray over you and over me. Father God, I ask that you would be with me, that you would govern my tongue and that you would govern my mind and that, Lord, you would use me as a vessel to speak to your people, to confirm them, to edify them, to encourage them and to build them up in a dark hour that we live today where uh, we are literally walking through the valley of the shadow of death, Lord God, but that we would fear no evil because we are up under the, the covering of you. I thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you know that no matter what is passing over the land, that you are up under the wings of the Almighty? You are up under His covering. I want to tell you, uh, we've all seen the world progress, and it just keeps going and getting worse and worse. I'm not meaning to sound so doomy and gloomy, but we've just got to face the truth. Denying the truth, which I have spoken on this before many times, denial is one of the nastiest of the um, lying spirits. It's of the family of lying spirits. Denying is more of a passive way to lie, whereas lying is very direct, um, but denial is a slippery way to lie because it doesn't directly lie outright. It just denies knowledge. It denies knowledge of truth. It chooses to say, I don't see that. Uh, it chooses to ignore. Um, so it's, a, and, and, and when that takes place, denial, um, problems that could otherwise be dealt with or faced head on with courage um, are able to continue and get bigger. Um, you cannot live your life fulfilled in an atmosphere of denial, either you being in denial or living among others who are in denial. It will drive you crazy. Uh, so maybe that's a word out there for somebody who is dealing with that in their life. Um, denial is a spirit. Have you ever been around somebody who's got a lying spirit? It just seems like they always lie. It could be something very small, but they will lie, and it's a habitual thing. That person needs to be prayed over, and the person needs to be delivered and set free from the spirit of lying because that's a very serious offense in the, to God. We should not lie, and we need to show those people the truth that's in the Word. So, we should, so um, denial um, is, is a terrible thing. It'll get you killed today in some places. Um, so we have a lot of that out in the open right now. People are in denial of, of what has what has been going on. And there are some code words that I have to use because I cannot directly say, but you'll know what I'm talking about. I'm going to use uh, the word uh, snake bite and I'm going to use the word poke. Okay. So um, that is so that my podcast won't get flagged by crazy people who are trying to take away our freedom of speech. So, um, something that that I was I've been reminded of um, 
over the last few weeks, and I've wanted to put this on my podcast, but I was waiting, waiting for the right moment. Um, um, but in the last few days, I've been reminded of something that back in 2009, I said, um, <laughs> it was right after my baby girl was born, my youngest, and um, my husband and I and family, we, we had moved to, to Cypress, Texas, which is a community north of Houston. And my little, my little baby girl, she wasn't maybe, maybe four months old, maybe three to four months old. She was a little peanut. And I just wouldn't be without her. I wouldn't go anywhere without her. She was always with me. I even had one of those little uh, cloth slings. It's not like a structured uh, baby carrier. It's like a, it's like a piece of cloth. It's like a kangaroo pocket. <laughs> and I would carry that baby with me all in the house. It's anywhere I went. She loved it. It was like being in the womb again. But I, w- I was very close to her. And so. Um, I got invited to come up to uh, Louisiana where my spiritual mother was holding a revival and I wanted to go but my husband couldn't go with me and so we talked about it and he decided to uh, trust the Lord and let me go on my own with my baby girl. I took her around all those environments growing up throughout her years. <laughs> so she probably got a lot of that. She she grew up hearing that powerful um, revival type atmospheres and so uh, he uh, uh, he sent me up to Louisiana and I packed the car and it was our first trip together alone uh, was to a revival <laughs> me and Rosie so we go up there and this lady got up to speak and you know there were several speakers and um, it was very powerful both men and women alike there were different ones and um um, I kept feeling on my spirit that I had uh, a word, but you know, in that atmosphere, the way I was raised up in that atmosphere under my spiritual mother is you waited until you were called on. You didn't go to the preacher and say, hey, I have a word, you know, it didn't work like that. Um, and uh, and I think that was a good way to do it. It was a very orderly Holy Spirit way to do it because if you didn't really have anything um uh, if you didn't really have anything, but you thought you had something, you know, that kind of prevented you from getting up and saying something goofy. Have you ever been in some of these places where people just get up and just it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but I felt on my spirit real heavy that morning that I, I had a word. And I was waiting on uh, Sister Dunaway to call me up. I mean, thinking that she would maybe and praying inwardly and saying, Lord, if this is a word from you, then, you know, then I'm sure she'll call me. If not, she won't. I'll just sit here and, and, and rock the baby and, um, sitting in the congregation, listening. And it was really good. And this lady spoke for a while and she had a lot of bullet points. A lot of it was talking about, um, um, the, um, the journey of the people coming out of Egypt and all different subjects and all the things that, that entailed, the stubbornness, the not trusting God in the wilderness, the, uh, all of that sort of thing about their journey and how God delivered them. You know, that's, that's always, that is a foundational story. Every believer needs to hear that story and, and look at that story. There is so much wisdom for us in our lives in that story. Uh, and I want to rabbit trail for just a second, uh, just in 
um, just in touching on the subject of the the promised land story, the exile story, well, not exile story, the um, Exodus story of the people and how they left Egypt, all of that, okay? The reason why it is so foundational and important that every believer understands that story from front to back is because that is so symbolic of our entire journey through this life from the slavery of sin to the freedom of Christ and him setting us free from our sin. That promised land is not just, it's not about stuff, okay? It is symbolic of our whole journey here. And um, we need to know it. Um, We leave the Egypt of our sins behind. We go on a journey. We go through times of training. And according to those times of training, okay, and how we respond. We, we're, we're being trained in the wilderness to trust God, and then you enter into rest. That's what the whole story is about. Um, so she talked on that. And um, then, sure enough, my spiritual mother called me forward and said, Sister Heather, get up here and give us a word. <laughs> you know, and I said, okay. And it was like the Spirit of the Lord just came upon me so strong. You know, don't fool yourself into thinking that some of the most unassuming people, such as myself, can't have a powerful word from God. Um, God's Spirit will move on some of the meekest spirits, some of the strongest spirits, and everything in between. But um, I do not believe that looking at me from the outside of myself, that anybody would think of me as having a powerful word of God. Um, But He did. And he opened up my mouth, and I stood up, um, and I handed that baby over to my uh, my neighbor who was sitting next to me there, my sister in Christ. I didn't really know her that well, but I knew that I could trust her with my most precious uh, child. And, and she held my baby. And I walked to the front, and the word of the Lord flowed forth from me, essentially saying, that just like the people had to put the blood of the lamb over their doorposts while the spirit of the of death the angel of death passed over the land and uh, so there will come a day in this country where god is going to judge this country and if you don't have the blood of the lamb over your doorpost uh, it, it will be great sorrow great sorrow um and it was a heavy word. It was basically, you know, and I talked about um, basically that Jesus was coming back and that this country needed to turn back turn and turn and repent and turn back to God. And that was about it. And looking back on that word, I have been reminded of that word in these last few days. I really forgot about it. Okay, but the Lord knows how to jog your memory. And then the lady that had spoken uh, the bulk of of that whole message that day, she came to me all excited and turned upside down um, after 
you know, uh, we were dismissed. And she said, oh, Sister Heather, Sister Heather. And she said, um, she sh she pulled all her notes out and she showed me how she hit every one of her notes. And she had probably 10 or 15 different bullet points, <clears throat> except she, she forgot, <laughs> loose quotations, right? She forgot or she missed the one about the blood of the lamb over the doorposts because she wanted to mention that, but she, she missed it. She said, you've completed my message today. And that's how the Lord works. You know, we know he works like that. It was like we, we, uh, unintentionally did some tag team preaching kind of, you know, um, but, uh, looking back on that, okay. The Lord has reminded me not only of that word, but another one, then I'm going to share that one too. Before I move on to the other word that he, he's reminded me of that I've been wanting to share, but was waiting for the right moment. Um, I want to touch on something and it's not to, uh, please, please, my love, my love. This is not to strike fear in anybody who has gotten this snake bite, uh, this poke. Okay. Um, but this is to prod and poke people towards um, uh, salvation. If you're not saved, if you're not really living your life right, you need to get it in order. Okay. Um, I'm just going to say, I've been noticing, and you have too, many of you who, who listen to this, you know what I'm talking about. We've been, we've been seeing an escalation of mysterious passings in our community, uh, in the news, um, both on a worldwide level and a local level. Uh, we've been noticing, okay, and it is real. There are those out there who deny that, okay, going back to the spirit of denial. They're in denial. Denial will not save you. It just covers up the problem, right? Um, but we've been noticing, noticing an escalation of these things, and it's bad, and it's everything that was warned that would happen, mm-hmm. And recently, there was a football player, which most of you have probably already heard of, but that was actually two. But the second one has really essentially overshadowed the one that just happened a few days ago um, uh, because there's been so much news coverage on it. But there was a young man, a uh, football player, um, uh, uh, Damar Hamlin, recently that in the middle of a big football game, you know, America loves their football. They love their big stadiums full of tens of thousands of fo football fans. And they love all of the that. Stadiums look just like Rome. They look just like Rome. Um, um, this, this young man, 24 years old, got hit like just any normal hit that we see in football. And after he stood up from that hit, he fell back, fell backwards like a tree, hit the ground. He had a heart attack on the field and paramedics rushed out there, uh, did CPR and, uh, you know, worked on him, got him loaded up in an ambulance and took him to the hospital. And it, they, they actually suspended the game. It was a shocking moment and um, uh, we've never seen anything like it. It has shaken up a lot of people. And, um, how do I say this? Now, 
friends and family. Family, podcast family, people that are connected to me that don't even know me. I'll see you in heaven. (laughs) You're my podcast family. Um, How do I say this? There's no two ways to say it. There's only one way to say it. Um, The Lord has laid on my heart real heavy. He's showing me this one situation right here. Okay, it's one of many, many. There's so many, just dozens, so many. Okay, this isn't the first one, okay? But this is different because it happened on national television in front of tens of thousands of screaming fans. And it, it's, it's very interesting because this is a harbinger. This is a harbinger. Of what to come, of what is to come. Um, now, this young man, from what I just read this morning, he's getting better. They say he's getting better. Uh, he was able to have a phone uh, face FaceTime with his teammates. I pray for this young man that he is able to uh, re- make a full recovery, <clears throat> live a healthy, long life. And that he finds the Lord Jesus Christ and he serves him with all his heart, mind, and soul. That's my prayer. But uh, unfortunately, there were others uh, also and that, that, didn't, that haven't made a recovery. That they didn't make a recovery. I'm going to read some of those today. And you decide. Um, but these, again, there's only four of them I'm going to read. But huh, there's thousands upon thousands. And these are just, most of these people are notable people that are more out in the limelight. For every person you see that comes out in the limelight, there's going to be hundreds, if not thousands, behind them that were nobodies, uh, that were, um, that is not of, uh, you know, not known among the population, just everyday um, Joes and Marys, just like you and me, the guy next door, or the guy that lived two streets over, or whoever, you know, maybe a coworker. What about all those people? They don't get mentioned on the headlines because they're not really notable people. Um, and I'm going to read a few. Um, I'm going to read those. Um, but before I do, I'm going to read out of Proverbs 10 this morning. Just a little bit. To give us some biblical perspective. We, ha- we should look through. This Bible should be a filter by which we look at the world. <sighs> The Word of God says in Proverbs 10, verse 8, The wise in heart will receive commandments. Commandments are also instruction. Commandments, things to do, right? Uh, The wise in heart will receive commandments, but a prating fool shall fall. Goodness gracious. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and read these now. There's been a lot of gloating and a lot of absolute venomous behavior towards people who have not felt comfortable receiving the, uh, the bite, okay? To the point where some have even wanted uh, death upon those and imprisonment. those who would not receive the bite. Do you see that? Now I'm going to read them. This is a young man. He wasn't very old anyways. I think he was 38. 
Um, his name is Yuch Nawarni. Nawaneri. It's kind of a strange name. Um, hard to pronounce. And he said, okay, so let's get these. I'm gonna, this isn't word for word quoting because I have to insert, okay? I have to substitute words. Okay, so let's get these bite mandates and bite passports up and running ASAP. Hey, I thought those passports was just conspiracy theorisms back in 2020. He said this, we seeing children die daily from the un unpoked selfishness. Pregnant women are at risk to protect life, mandate the bite. Jail anyone who refuses to protect life. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine that? Them, that's called uh, the modern day. That would be the modern day uh, camps that happened back in World War II. I hate the way I have to talk on here just to keep from getting flagged. Um, he died January the 3rd, 2023, just a few days ago. Moving on, another man by the name of Doug Brignall. He was a well-known bodybuilder and fitness author. Um, he said, I have enough confidence in the bite to get it done. Those of you who think the bite kills people can use me as a test. If I die, you were right. If I don't die and have no ill effects, you were wrong and should admit it. Um, he died at 63 years old. I don't have the date on that one. Um, here is another one. Dr. Soharab Luchmedial. He said, for those that won't get the bite for selfish reasons, whatever, I won't cry tear at their funeral. Um, he died suddenly in his sleep after the third bite. A lady named Julie Powell wished death on the un on the unbitten. Uh, and she says, quote, I would argue that um, flu, okay, flu, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm trying to speak in code here. I would, I would argue that crown does kill some of the right people. The anti-biters are dying in legions. But yes, it's a real shame about Kavanaugh. Um, yeah, this is asinine, 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 okay? Um, she died on October 26th of 2022. Facts, look it up. Okay, facts, all these people said these things um, and then turned around and died. So what I am seeing and, and what you are seeing is we are seeing people be, be judged by their own stubbornness, their own rebellion, their own asinine, hateful, destructive, murderous behavior even. This is murderous, okay, to think this way. That you, these people, many of them desired, those of us who were unbitten, to die. And just die an awful, miserable death. While many of us who are unbitten have pleaded with them not to be bitten, 
so that they would live. It's the irony. Some call it karma that are not within the kingdom of God, but in the kingdom of God, this is called the judgment of God. And have you ever noticed at how when God brings judgment on a people <clears throat> many times, that that judgment, <clears throat> excuse me, that judgment is many times, um, it is a product of their own willful, stubborn, rebellious behavior coming back, boomeranging back around on their life. Okay? In other words, he turns them over to their enemies. Well, your enemies aren't always going to be flesh people. It's going to be you you yourself, your own enemy. Do you see what I'm saying? You, you, these people, their own enemy. Because they refused knowledge. Which brings me over to Proverbs 1, which I must read out of, and Proverbs 23, or Psalm 23. I'll read that in a minute. Um, how do we process this? We have to watch our own hearts. I myself have to watch my own heart. There's a certain page on Twitter that I like to check up on it once in a while. And um, it's when I look at it, I have to keep my heart lined up in the right place because there is a temptation for those of us to say, ha ha, told you so. Um, but we can't find ourselves in a place where uh, we are becoming just as dark as the, the evil ones. We've got to keep compassion in our hearts. Um, uh, we need to pray for those who, who are struggling with this. Um, I read many, many, many times posts and comments of people who are fearful for themselves uh, that have come around to the truth and they're fear fearful for themselves and they're also fearful for their loved ones. I'm going to keep them in mind. Um, point them towards Jesus. But Proverbs 1 talks about the, sim the simplicity of, the, of, of people and that the turning away of the simple shall slay them. And go and read Proverbs 1 again. Keep it in your heart. Uh, Proverbs 1 is essentially the foreword to, to all of Proverbs. It's basically the warning. It's the forewarning. It's, it's saying you are being forewarned that this is this here, that this wisdom that's in um, these sayings will save your life. And that not living according to these sayings of wisdom may cost you your lot may cost you your life and, and it says this essentially in proverbs 1 that there's a group of people that wisdom is crying out to she's crying out in the streets and then you go forward into verse 32 and she says for the turning away of the simple shall slay them and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them some versions say the complacency of fools but the promise is, but whosoever, whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. So there is a promise there for those of us who desire and hunger and thirst after the truth that we don't want to live in denial. We don't want to put our head in the sand. We want to look and we want to face the truth with courage 
and walk through. Um, and because if you're in denial, first of all, let me tell you, I'm going to go back to denial for a minute. If you're in denial that there's a problem that exists, how are you going to help people with that problem? How are you going to help somebody that says, I got it and I didn't know any better? How are you going to help that person? You know what I'm saying? The urgency to minister salvation to a person like that is 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 very, very, should be of paramount importance right now. Um, that we love them enough to tell them that Jesus, God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die and to come and take on the form of flesh and, and then go to the cross and, and then go down uh, three days into the grave and rise again for all of humanity to be saved. Tell them the gospel. Share with them. Love them enough. You know, maybe if you would, if people would not be in denial of how dangerous this is, and that Dr. Montagnier, Nobel Peace Prize winning doctor from France, who recently died last year, interesting, that's a whole other story, he died right before he was about to get up and give uh, give his professional opinion on some things at this big conference meeting. Um, he warned that uh, he was a top award-winning, uh, Nobel Peace Prize winning. That's a big deal, okay? You don't just get that handed to you. Uh, he discovered HIV. <laughs> That's a big deal. It's like a lifetime. That's like talking about a lifetime achievement. He was a virologist. That's what he did. Yeah, he was a PhD, a very educated man, and he said some scary things about this, and it's worth looking it up. Um, when you have somebody of that stature that is warning people and telling them and telling them that it's deadly. You have a problem on your hands. It's something to be taken seriously. But because, let me reiterate this again. Because the people refused. It reminds me of those people in the wilderness. They just, ref, wilderness, they just refused. They refused people, refused knowledge. Hmm. It will be unto their demise. So... I'm not finished here. I'm going to read a little bit out of Psalm 23 um, before I close. But this reminds me, I need to I need to share the three prophecies that I grew up hearing when I was a little girl. And it's probably too late to share those now at this point in my podcast, at least at this day and age. I mean, it's already all come to pass, <laughs> but I wanted to share them anyways. I do not know where they came from. I can tell you that. I will give you a, you know, warning, okay? I don't know where they came from. I don't know who first spoke them. They were prophecies that were told to me by my father growing up all throughout the years. Uh, And it's like he would tell me these prophecies like he would be pondering on them himself, trying to figure out what they meant, kind of, what what these prophecies were going to look like. Because this is back in the 80s and the 90s, right? Um, and uh, 
I'll tell you what they were. He he did say something along the lines that he had heard them in church when he was a little boy. What church? What where? I have no idea. This is what he heard, and they always stayed with him. Probably an evangelist or a man of God came through, you know, visited the church and shared these. You know, I, I don't know. I can only speculate, but I'll tell you what they were. Um, one of them was. There were three of them. One of them was, in the last days, your leaders would be as fools. Okay? Well, that's... I think we can safely say that one's come to pass. Now, he would have heard these in... My daddy was born in 47, so he would have heard these in maybe late 50s. And in the 60s, early 60s is when he was a child. He heard these when he was a child. And he's 75 years old. Uh, the second one was that in the last days, you would not be able to tell the difference between a man and a woman. Which, if you think about it, for somebody growing up in the 1950s and 60s and 70s, that was uncomprehensible. It was not something we could even look and say, what does that even mean? It sounds so ridiculous and absurd, right? Okay, well, I think we can safely say that has come to pass, okay? Um, that they somehow they would have, we didn't know that back then, but they would have this new technology, surgeries and such. Okay, the third one is now even yet still being contemplated on. And it was in the last days, there would be food, but none to eat. And... I remember my father contemplating on these various ones throughout the years. I think the third one was the one that concerned him the most because as a man trying to feed the family, you know, that that would be, I think, the most alarming. Um, But uh, could you imagine hearing these prophecies and and how you would just, you would just uh, marvel back in the 80s trying to figure, what does that mean? Food but none to eat. Well, the last one could be several things, okay? But there are some strange things going on with lab-grown meat where they can take it through a few cells and grow a steak in a, in a lab. I mean, there's some weird things out there they're trying to get us to eat today. Um, and then not to mention the genetically modified fruits and vegetables, and they've been genetically modifying for years our food supply. Um, I've heard talk recently of them trying to introduce the M, uh, the, how do I say this without, uh, the mRNA, I just want to say it, into uh, tomatoes, and there was another one I can't remember which one. It was another vegetable. Lettuce, I think it was, where they want to cause the vegetables to be, um, to vaccinate. Oh, I shouldn't say that. (laughs) They want to cause the vegetables to be our bite. Okay? So that would be a perfect example of that last, that last prophecy. Uh, Very, very interesting. Um, But I remember as a little girl, I was, I remember I was nine years old and I lived, we, we lived in South Carolina for a little bit, just not long at all, like nine months or a year. Um, 
and we lived there and I still remember to this day I remember I had a little friend over and we were sitting there playing Barbie dolls and you know children will parrot what their what their parents say you should be careful what you say around your kids <laughs> so they will they'll parrot everything you say um and I guess apparently dad had been talking about these things, you know, maybe to mother or something, maybe I overheard. And I remember telling my little friend we were playing Barbie dolls. Still remember this. And I don't remember her name. I just remember she had long, dark hair. And I remember um, telling her that all of these prophecies that my dad told me, and I said, in the last days, we won't be able to tell the difference between a man and a woman. And I was just a child. And she got mad at me. She said, that, that's, re- you know, that's not true. You know, how a child would say, that's not true. That can't happen. That's not possible. You know, she got really angry at me. And, um, and that's all I remember of that memory. I, but I remember sharing it with my little friend. I think it perplexed me as a child. I wanted to understand, you know. Um, and I remembered growing up in the 80s and and the 90s was in my teens, you know, but I remember talk shows were a big thing, talk shows, Oprah, um, Mari, you know, um, all these different talk shows. Phil Donahue, I just dated myself. <laughs> Do you remember all these people? But they were a big deal. They were, they were all the rage, you know. And I remember as a young teen looking on there and seeing, um, uh, uh, how do I say this? A transformed person. That's all I'm going to say. And I remember telling my mother, you know, that's what that means right there. Look, look, mom, you can't even tell the difference. So, you know, this has been going on. Anybody who says we're not in the last hour, I mean, you've just been, I mean, goodness gracious, you're so, you need to catch up. You just need to catch up. You're so far behind. You need to start studying. But this last hour, it's not just the last couple of decades or three or four. This this last hour, uh, things that have totally changed the face of humanity began to happen in the 1800s including including tampering heavily with Christian with the with the uh, Christian theology um, including new um, uh, new technology um, so many different things uh, began to come about in the 1800s and that's a great study um, the birth of Darwinism happened in the 1800s, okay? Uh, Mormonism, Seventh-day Adventist Church, Jehovah's Witness, all that happened in the 1800s. Um, uh, so many things. Uh, different kind of uh, technology and things like that started to come in, you know, uh, being able to travel to and fro uh, more quickly came with the, the, the railroad. Um, the industrial age came in and put... A, took a lot of people off of their own homesteads where life was about farming your own food and that's how you did it that's how you lived um to working in factories there was more of a movement towards that the men leaving the homestead to leave the family behind go work for 
what we now call corporate America, these big companies that started, that movement started in the 1800s. Start looking at the direction. That's when theosophy came, became a thing, was in um, the late 1800s is when it got its start with Madame Blavatsky. And I can just go on and on. Okay. But then it really cranked up into the 1900s and where have we been in the last hour for a long time my full conviction is that we're in the we're in the last few minutes of the last hour my loved ones um now i'm gonna close this up i was gonna read so um i was gonna read a little lot of psalms 23 i don't want to miss that i thought this was gonna be shorter than it was but to wrap it, wrap this podcast up, it's not a happy podcast. It's, it's not. It's not. Um, but to wrap this up and say, what we are seeing by looking at thousands, this isn't dozens, this is thousands upon thousands, okay, of people who are essentially just being struck dead after saying some of the most vile things you're witnessing the judgment and the outpouring of judgment upon our country and this whole world okay that is what the Lord told me in 2019 in March is he lovingly and gently told me not even a supernatural miracle will turn these people's hearts to me but the only thing they will understand now is my judgment now how do you walk in a land that judgment is on the land how do you walk like that well you stay close to Jesus that's obvious but we gotta learn how to walk upright in a land that has fallen up under the dark cloud of the judgment of God. Um, we're going to walk like this Psalm 23. Now, I'm going to read Psalm 23 to you in power today. I don't like it when I... Uh, I haven't watched any of these A-list movie star Hollywood movies in, I think, two years. Actually, three years. Going on three years. I just can't stomach them anymore. I, of course, I was getting done with them before that. I, I was mostly gravitating away from that, but... Um, I cannot stand it when I watch a movie. And how many times have we seen a movie where some old dried up, uh, whitewashed tomb full of dead men's bones reads Psalm 23 at the graveside funeral on some movie? I can't stomach it. I just want to, I hate it. And they always pick the most, they always present this in the most religious dead religion way that they possibly can and that's not the way psalms 23 reads to me in my heart at all and i hope it doesn't read that way to you see how satan's not only trying to twist the words of god but also to um put a flavor over the bible that's complete that completely misrepresents it it's a very passionate book psalms is and proverbs is too Proverbs and Psalms is not for wimpy Christians. Proverbs and Psalms. Uh, I don't know where they ever got that these two books were, were just like dancing through the daisies. These books are, are stout. 
they really tell it the way it is. Um, so I'm going to read this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And that's the way we're going to have to walk through these times. We're going to have to walk through where there is death on the left hand and death on the right hand. And we're going to have to keep our eyes focused on Jesus, the Deliverer. And we're going to have to uh, hear from him. Pay attention. His rod and staff are going to comfort you, loved one, to keep you lined up. When you go to veer off and, and, and do something that's not in the will of God, he's going he's gonna to tap, tap, tap you <laughs> with his staff. No, 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 I didn't tell you to go do that. He's going to convict your heart real quick. He's going to give you that feeling in your gut that says, I think I need to turn around or I don't think I'm going to do this or whatnot. You see, that's how God keeps us rounded up. And it's a comfort to you and me. And he's going to give you a little pop on the behind with the rod whenever you stepped out of line to let you know so that you can say, ouch, that hurt. Ooh, I won't do that again. <laughs> You see, a fool hates correction. A fool despises correction. That's in Pro that's in Proverbs. I just read out of Psalm 23. The Bible just confirms itself. A fool hates correction. A fool despises correction. But a, a wise man loves correction, right? God bless you. God bless you, and um, I pray that as you look around and you see some of the things that are going on, that you don't lose heart. Look up for your redemption, draweth nigh, and no matter what bad news you read, no matter what you hear of who um, killed over and whatever happened, I pray that you have yourself as you walk with God, while you're being herded around by the staff and the rod, and you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, despite all of that, that God's courage will gird you up. And that somehow, miraculously, despite everything that's going on, that you will have joy and peace, and that you have a lovely day anyways. <laughs> <laughs>